You know, we talked to all the people who relocated here. They're continuing to come to North Texas. There are many attributes to this area, but not the least of which is it's right in the middle of the country, and you can go out to DFW Airport, and you'll be on to either coast in three hours, and then, you know, you can take an overnight and wake up in Paris or Munich or, or Auckland, New Zealand. A lot of that's because of American Airlines. Derek Kerr is the vice chair of American Airlines and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Are we getting back to normal? <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting close. Uh, we're probably, we announced that 2023 will be a back to 95 to 100% of where we were in 2019. Uh, but we're really close. There's a couple of constraints in our industry. It's, uh, it's, it's planes and deliveries from the Airbus and Boeings and getting that back to normal. And two, it's just pilot constraints of trying to grow back. We were so low as an industry that trying to grow the industry back has been a little bit more difficult than we thought. But we thought we thought passengers were going to be a constraint. Passengers are not a constraint, are they? Passengers not a constraint at all. I mean, we just announced our fourth quarter earnings, and we beat guidance by double what the guidance had. And it's all due to revenues. Revenues are strong. Demand is strong. We see no sign of demand coming down. It's all about supply, and there's just not enough supply in our industry for the demand that people have out there. Yours is an intricate business. I mean, it's a great hub and spoke. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that DFW is sort of the stopping off point yep. where you're bringing people up from South America, and they're getting on other planes and going to Asia. And, and all of those elements have to come together. Yeah. It's a very difficult um, operation to put, put together. Uh, just as you said, we're connecting passengers all day. We're a, we're a manufacturer of connections yeah. is what we really do. And if we don't run the hub on time and run the hub right, everything kind of gets out of whack. But we do a tremendous job. The operation is running really well. Uh, but it is very important to have that hub running really strong. It's very important to get it started in the morning. If it doesn't start in the morning, it gets, gets caught, clogged all day. And so... You know, there's always this discussion of on-time departure and should we close the door on time. But just think, if you don't close it on time the first time of the day and you're a minute late or two minutes late all day long, that just translates into trouble as the end of the day. And it so keeps it's really important. Up. So it keeps backing up. Equipment is a real problem. Boeing and Airbus both yep. just got, got so backed up and the supply chain is a problem. And I know you, you were looking for equipment on many levels. One is yeah. this new equipment is really cost-fuel-efficient. Uh, and it saves you saves your money, but all you get more capacity. Correct. So you're constrained. You have put you have postponed routes that you were going to start. Correct. Um, do you think you catch up in in 2023? Yeah, I think we definitely catch up at the end of 2023. Um, delivery wise, our 787s are finally there, so we finally have all those. We have four left next year. The 73 Maxes, those are starting to come. We'll get all those. Um, but really, right now, for the industry, it's a pilot supply issue. So on the main line, which is the big aircraft, it's training and making sure everybody gets through training. And this is all carriers, just because we're trying to hire double what we've ever hired before. And then on the regional side, which is the small aircraft, it's upgrading to captains and trying to get that done. So both supply has issues. Um, I think we'll get there on the aircraft side, and we'll be good by the end of next year with the aircraft side. It's just how long is it going to take to get our pilots? So where did the pilot problem come from? I, I, it used to be, it seemed like there was this sort of natural progression for the military yep. right over into the commercial aviation industry. They could finally, 
you know, yeah. make some money. It, it did that dry up, or, or is it have you just got that much demand? No, I think during 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 COVID, we had a lot of retirements, and all the airlines, because of the fact that we didn't know how we were going to get out of it, we did a lot of buyouts of pilots and and employees throughout the company. So every airline kind of went through that process, and in a in a mode where. We are having a lot of retirement. We're getting a lot of pilots that get to age 65 and retire. So those two on top of each other need, now you have to hire more. So we're hiring 2,000 pilots this year versus 1,000 we ever hired before. So it's really just a training throughput from that perspective. But when you talk about the regional carriers, those pilots, to fill the mainline pilots, you take them from the regionals. And those, as that gets dries so up, then <laughs> so then they, they have to pull through. Now, I think... The way the pilot pay is today and where it's going to go, it's going to be a job where people come in. So it won't be a problem in a couple of years. You're going to have people wanting to be pilots and be, become pilots quicker. So that's going to be we're going to we're going to resolve that. But it just takes time. It takes time from the regional side to get people to become captains, and it takes on the mainline side just the training. And is there, it, is there it any just effort to, to change the retirement age? Because I know a lot um, of pilots for a long time have maintained. There was, that there, was not necessary. Yeah, there was two efforts. One to take their retirement age from 65 to 70 or even to take it to 67. And then there was some training requirements. There's 1,500 hours you have to do to become a pilot, and they tried to change that. I don't think either one of those are going to be changed. Um, there is work on that, but I don't think either one's going to get changed. On, on equipment, do you have access to everything that you need? I know there's a yeah. 777X that's out there that's going to give you, you know, longer range and more capacity. But is there anything that you, if you could tell Boeing exactly what to create right quickly right now that you need? Well, the one thing that, that Boeing stopped, the 757 was a tremendous aircraft for us to fly, and it became too old, and they, they've retired out of the industry. That aircraft would have been an aircraft that I would have said, hey, Boeing, re put that aircraft together fly that we'll order a bunch of them and we'll be fine in today's environment there is no aircraft that we don't need the 321 is a new airbus plane it's called the xlr it's going to fly distance where we'll be able to take that off the east coast to europe and that's going to come out in probably about two years so that's there uh, and all the narrowbodies there and the 78 is a tremendous aircraft for us so we're we're really banking on the triple seven and the 78 from a wide body standpoint and then we've simplified the fleet into 737s and A321s on the mainline fleet for narrow bodies. And I think we're in really good shape there where we only have four fleet types now where when I when we merged the airline together, we had something like 13 fleet types. So now we're getting it more efficient. Makes it a lot easier for maintenance easier. and parts and, and, totally. and, and everything else. Yeah. So what, what's the next big route you start? I know you finally started up Auckland. I know you talked about that. You postponed. Yep. Or had canceled Tel Aviv that everybody was really, a lot of people were looking forward to, evidently not enough. Yeah, it just, I mean, we canceled Miami Tel Aviv just because out of Miami it wasn't working very well. We constantly tweak the schedule. We constantly look where we're, where we're going to go. Um, I can't reveal, like, where we're going to go next in that because that's, you know, insider information from that other carriers can use. Um, but yeah, once we get the XLR, we'll be able to do more routes into Europe. Um, domestics is really, really strong, and what we—the key for us right now—is to get all the aircraft back up in the air, get all the regional aircraft back up in the air, and fly the domestic schedule even greater than what we do today. What, one last thing: Is there any active talk right now about uh, the new DFW terminal? 
Yeah, yeah, we're, we're talking all the time. They're a great partner with us. We really, they work really well with us. Um, so we are in contract negotiations on a lease there right now, which we're really close to getting done. That will have some discussion on Terminal F and where we go with Terminal F. Uh, but Sean Donahue and team out there are fantastic. They really help us out on, on what we do. And we will continue to work with them to get that lease done and work on something on Terminal F. So one thing I've always been curious about, a novice, and I promise this is the last question. Yep. Do you have any, is it, would it be important for you guys to be on like one side or the other? You're split across the, the spine road, and it would seem inefficient to be shipping people and bags and everything yes. else from A to B back and forth. All I will say is if we redid that airport, we wouldn't do it in that <laughs> format. Okay, so, and we had a lot of discussions with Sean and his team before we talked about Terminal F of trying to do something like that and put a big hen house and, and change it a little bit. But the cost of construction is high, as you know. The cost yeah. of constructing airports is really high. So we're going to do the best with what we have. Would we like to be closer? Yes, because the key is the um, time to transition between flights, right? Because if you're connecting passengers, the closer they are, the better the connection is. So having everybody in A and B and C and D right now is pretty good. We still have a little bit in E. So now if there's an F, how does that all work out? And that's something that is part of the negotiations. It's a dynamic business. Yes. Isn't it? I know why you like it. I mean, they, they, say, they say you've got kerosene uh, in, your, <laughs> in your veins. And I've been doing it for 37 years. Uh, it's you'd been have a lot of to, fun. to be doing that. Uh, Derek Kerr is the vice chairman of American Airlines. We appreciate the time. Have a good year. Thank you. Appreciate everything. Thanks, Thanks for having me. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.